0: You're listening to In the House house, with Laura Royer. Come on in. Hey there, I'm Laura Royer, former faculty with the University of Florida turned trainer and consultant for the housing and financial capability industry. I personally know the rewards of running a national award-winning housing and financial counseling program that helps people achieve their personal goals all while juggling the stress for finding ways to win, to stay on top of industry trends, funding needs, and necessary shifts to allow our organization to stay open relevant and the place for people to go for help the in the house podcast was created to provide an easy and accessible way for you to learn more about the best practices in our industry marketing technology and productivity hacks and strategic ways to consistently generate more revenue so that you can stay focused on what you do best, helping your community thrive by executing your organization's mission. So if you have a passion and commitment to helping others achieve their dream of homeownership, paying off debt, or just being successful with their money, you are definitely in the right place. So come on in, my friend, and let's find ways to win together. Well, hey there guys. Welcome back to In the House with Laura Breuer. I am excited about today's episode. I get this question so many times. And quite frankly, I see this question floating around social media often in our Facebook communities. And that is, how can I really get my people to engage in my online class? So I thought, what a better way to address this question than in a podcast episode. So today's episode is all about ways that you can boost your engagement. Now we won't be able to cover every single way, but I am going to talk about some of the primary ways that I have personally found in my own online classes and also experience by being a participant in online classes that has really worked very well to either engage my audience and get participation or find myself also being engaged and participating. So let's go ahead and dive in. Now, there's not any particular order on any of these. So just FYI, we're not doing these in like a numerical order, but they are all very important strategies to get your people to start talking. So number one, I will definitely say you need to prep your audience so that they're ready for whatever engagement activity or engagement process you're going to utilize in your class. What I mean by prepping your audience, I mean in the very beginning of my webinars or classes, what I will often do is if I know I'm gonna be using an app or a tool that they're gonna need to have access to, or maybe it's a handout, I will be sure to ask them, one, download the handout, two, make sure you have this tool available, three, make sure you're on a device that you can also be present in the classroom while also using this tool. So if I need them to be on a computer, I will tell them that. So I will say, hey, it's great that you're tuning in from your mobile device, but for today, you are gonna need to have access to your computer. So be sure that while you can totally tune in to today's class, on your mobile device, you are still gonna to need to have your computer so you can complete some of the fun activities we're gonna to do today to help you with this topic. So I always prep my class so they're ready with instructions for whatever is important for the day or whatever's coming through in that particular class or downloads or devices they should be using, internet or anything else that's gonna help create a smooth transition into my engagement activity or my methodology, if you will. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, you definitely need to pay attention to your energy. Okay, I always say this when you have fun, guess what? Your people have fun. So if you're not in a great mood, or you're feeling a certain kind of way, or your energy is Bueller, let's talk about ways to boost your engagement. Nobody wants to listen to that. Nobody wants to listen to monotone. Nobody wants to see monotone. People are watching you. You should be on camera. Okay, I should I should also back up and say you should be on camera, right? If you're teaching online, people need to see you. I know that there are lots of people who are not comfortable with being on camera. I'm just going to give you that tough love tap and say, get over it. You got to be on camera because people will connect to you more when they can see you. Now, if for some reason you can't be on camera, they are only listening to your voice. And so it's super important that you are listening to yourself. And would you want to listen to you? If not, then you're gonna have to change your energy. You gotta think about it as I'm here to empower, to encourage, to teach, to help people take action with whatever goal they're trying to accomplish, which is why they're in this class, right? And they're leaning on me to teach that, but they're leaning on me to deliver in a way that they can absorb it. So pay attention to your energy. Is it fun? Is it exciting? Does it engage them? Does it pull them in? Does it make them want to listen? so obviously i'm doing a podcast show and i have to be very mindful of my own tone because if i just talked like this on the episode it would be so hard for you to really want to listen now you don't want to overdo it you want to kind of hold back some but you definitely want to up that vibe one of the things that i've adopted in my business and when i'm doing online delivery or recording of any kind I literally approach it as though I am standing in front of an audience. I teach it like I teach it live. So whether you are listening to a podcast with me or in a webinar with me or in a class, I'm the same. And I've also embraced this is me. This is who I am. This is my personality and I am 100% my most authentic self. And the reason that's important is because when you can operate with true authenticity, you will feel way more comfortable in how you deliver. And that is going to engage your audience. So pay attention to your energy and how you're coming through. Number three, be aware of your surroundings. Okay. You heard me mention you got to get on camera if you're teaching online. When I first started doing online delivery, I was not online because I did not want to be on camera. (laughs) I did not want to see my face. I didn't want to see what I look like on camera. It was not fun, but guess what? I had to get over myself because so many of my audience members or clients would say, Laura, it would be helpful to be able to see you. And as much as I didn't like hearing that feedback, it was real and it was honest, and it's what they needed from me. So I made that transition to get over myself and to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and do it afraid. And that is what I did. And so many of you have probably been in a training with me and you can see that I do navigate with more confidence today, but it didn't start off that way, right? I had to start doing it afraid. And quite frankly, I still get nervous. I just don't let my fear hold me back. I don't let my inner voice keep me from showing up for you so even if I'm doing something that oh do I really know what I'm doing or is this really the best way I do it anyway because that is how I can push through and I can get better at what I'm doing so here what I want to say to you get on video and then on video be aware of your surroundings like you don't want to have a junky messy background now I'm gonna be honest with you if you were in my office right now you'd be like Laura come on (laughs) because the background is a mess right now because we just moved. But the truth is, if I have to be on camera, I'm going to have a background. I'm going to have a virtual background because people are not going to see what's behind me right now until I can get it organized. If that's the case for you, then find a virtual background you can use. Use a platform that allows you to either blur out your background or change what's behind you. Okay. There are So many technology improvements that have made this so easy. When I first started, none of that existed and I had to find a way to win. I will not even begin to tell you the bootstrapping and out of the box thinking that I had to go through to really create a nice balanced surrounding. So obviously the ideal is to, you know, use your natural surroundings. Sometimes we can't always do that depending on where we're doing our classes. So pay attention to your surroundings and make sure that they are not distractions. Another thing you'll want to do to boost your engagement, this is number four, that is you have to break the ice. Now this is not new, right? If you are doing in-person training, you should have been breaking the ice in in in-person training. For some reason, there's something about online learning that somehow we feel like we have to be completely different. Here's the good news. You don't have to stop doing what you were doing before. You just have to find a way to do it in a virtual setting. And so just like we break the ice, in our in-person classes, you need to find a way to break the ice in your virtual program. So whether that's doing a fun energizer, an activity that just kind of makes them laugh, you know, telling a joke, using a quote. I like to do games like this or that. Or would you rather like would you rather live in an igloo or would you rather live in a tiny home or something like that? Something cute and funny, something that might be relatable to what we're going to talk about and it may not. It could be another activity I like to do is find somebody who has done this on this list. So it may be like they've gone to a concert recently or they, you know, have met someone famous or whatever. I find something that I can do to get them excited and ready to engage. If we come in with a quiet atmosphere and a really weird start, it's going to set the tone for the entire class. So just like you do in person, you're going to do this virtually. Now you can find online icebreakers. If you will just use your best friend in the virtual world, which is AKA Google and Google online icebreakers, you're going to find a plethora of ideas. Let me tell you. So spend about five, 10 minutes, go through some of them, pick one or two and do it. Okay, you don't need a lot. Now, there are tools out there that you can use if you want to use a tool. Go for it. Some of my tools that I love to use are things like Kahoot. Some of you have used that in training. Kahoot is a great energizer engagement tool to use to get people talking and engaging. Now, if you've never heard of Kahoot, then don't worry. I'm going to drop a link in the show notes so that you can find it easily. Okay, and you can look into it. Another way to boost your engagement in your online class, number five, is replicate what you're already doing. OK, something happened with our, our brain and said, oh, my gosh, we're doing online classes. So we have to do everything from scratch, everything brand new. Everything has to be different. Wah, wah, wah. No, that is not correct. You can still do the same things. Again, I said this earlier, but you just need to find a way to replicate it. Okay, so I mentioned Kahoot a minute ago when I do in-person training for organizations. One of the activities I've developed is called Consumer Laws, and it's not a fun topic to talk about. So I created an engaging activity through PowerPoint where I have like maybe something that the law covers, like this law allows you to get a free credit report every year without paying for it. And which law would that go to? And so I break everybody up into groups in the room and at their table, and then they have to talk about it. And then they have to hold up this sign that says it's this law, right? And then we wait for everybody to answer. And then the ones that get it right get points and the ones that get it wrong, they don't get points. And so it just makes it fun. It's a fun way to talk about a very dry topic. It's great. It works wonderful in person, but now we're doing virtual learning. So how can I do this in a virtual setting? Well, Kahoot is an example of how I can do that. So Kahoot, I can put that statement that I usually put on a PowerPoint slide, put four options and then they choose. And now we're not doing it in groups anymore, but we're still doing the activity and we're still learning about the laws. So I found an online tool that lets me do that. There are lots of other ones that will do the same. Mentimeter is another one that I love to use. Poll Everywhere would be another one you can use. So I'm gonna drop in some tools in the show notes for you to check out. But again, I don't have to completely come up with a brand new idea and a brand new activity. I just need to find a way to replicate it. Another example is I'm sure many of you do a budget activity in your classes, whether it's home buyer education or financial capability classes. So how can you do that budget activity in class? Well, you can either use an online budget tool that automatically populates the data once they put it in, or give them the handout, have them print it off, or make it a fillable PDF and give them some time to complete it in class, just like you did when you did it in person. It's no different. You just provide it in a virtual method. Okay, so here's the thing. I just want you to not overthink what you need to create. Think about what you've already been doing for so long and how can you do this in person? Another tool I love to use is Dinkytown. Again, I'll throw this one in the show notes, and I can use this for a case study. So I can create a scenario about a client whose credit score is a certain this, and you know, interest rates probably going to be this, and you know, and then I can have my clients go over to Dinkytown and calculate how much house that client would be able to afford. And so, again, this is something I would do in my in-person class. I found a way to replicate it in a virtual class. You can break them out into groups if you have a platform that allows you to break them out to groups, or you can have them do it as an individual. And then you come back and have a debrief, right, and have a conversation around it. So you definitely do not need to create new activities. Now, if you're just a little bored with your activities and you want to do something new, go for it. Okay. Totally, totally go for it. I'm all about that. But if you're just really trying to find a way to take what you know works, but offer it in the virtual setting, then find a tool or find a method that will allow you to have the same interaction that you do in person. So replicate your activities. All right. Number six, I want you to really write this one down. It's very important. Do not go more than 10 minutes without some form of interaction. So what I mean by that is people have a short attention span. It's definitely shorter than 10 minutes, but you definitely want to make sure that you're being intentional to check in. Put a one in the chat, put a 10 in the chat, put a yes, put a no, put a put a high five, put a smiley face, whatever, some type of interaction, some type of engagement. So if you've ever done a webinar with me, you know I am the queen of numbers and short answers. And let me tell you why I do that, because... Nobody has the time, really, because things move fast, to type out sentences in a chat box. If we're having a discussion, we need to let them unmute themselves and talk, because it'll be a, a lot more efficient. So what I've learned in the virtual world is short answers are great, because number one, more people participate, and it moves the engagement faster. It's why I do it, and it works great. And people feel connected to the content. Okay. So that's what I meant when I said put a five, put a 10, put, you know, whatever, because that is a technique that I use to continually interact with my audience. Now, going no more than 10 minutes without interacting, it could be a poll, it could be unmute yourself, raise your hand, it could be do you have questions, it could be an activity. Okay. But you don't want to go more than 10 minutes without shifting and checking in. That will keep your audience engaged and paying attention. So definitely something you want to write down and follow. The next one, number seven, is you absolutely must think about what the right platform is for your class. Now I know everybody uses Zoom, It's just been what everybody uses. But let me tell you, there are many other platforms out there other than Zoom to teach your class. So it's important that while Zoom is great, it really is. And it's an affordable option. It's not the only show in town. And so I really want to encourage you to think about what are the activities we're doing in class? What is the level of engagement I want to see happen? How do I want that engagement to show up? and which platform really offers me all of those features, if that exists. One thing I will say that I like about Zoom is they have definitely enhanced their platform. And one of the things that I like is they're now doing all these app integrations where they're integrating with the actual platform of Zoom to make it easier to deliver your online meetings or courses. So there's definitely a huge advantage for Zoom, but, One of the things that I would look for is, does that platform allow me to easily shift into activities and offer me an opportunity to get people talking? And so, yes, Zoom does that on many levels, but is it the one that does it the best? You have some homework to do, my friends. You need to do some research. So here's your homework. Number one, I want you to write down really all the features you know are truly important to you in the right platform for online delivery. Then I want you to look at what your current platform offers and ask yourself, is anything missing? And if it is, then I want you to do some research on a platform that's going to provide all the elements you're looking for. Because part of boosting your engagement is making sure that you're using a platform that allows you to truly do just that engage and is easy. It's easy for your clients and it's easy for you. So that is number seven. Number eight, I want to zoom in on specific engagement methods that you can use. Now, there are tons of engagement methodology options out there. All right. So I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm just going to highlight a few, a few of my personal favorites. So if you don't have planned or intentional Moments of engagement. Here are my favorite five that I use that really win in the online setting. Number one, chat and discussion. I love the chat box for quick, quick answers. I already mentioned that one, two, five, six, true, false, yes, no, maybe, could be, what, what, ha ha. You know all the things. I do it in the chat. Okay. So if people can't talk to me, I'm definitely going to maximize my chat. Now my preference is that people come prepared to talk, and so. Again, part of the prep is I need you to find a microphone or your headset with a a mic because you are going to need to talk to me today. And I tell my students that. So be prepared to get on camera and be prepared to talk because I'm going to have open conversations where they're going to need to unmute themselves and contribute. All right. And there are some strategic ways to get people to engage. Sometimes you just have to call them out. And I know we don't like doing that. I know it doesn't always feel comfortable. But depending on the class and depending on why they're there, they need to participate. And sometimes you kind of have to, you know, gently force it. (laughs) Right. Another strategy or methodology that I love for engagement is demonstration. Listen, people are coming to these classes not just to learn the what and the why, but they want to know how and they need to see how, right? And so it's important that we offer moments to show people how to do what we're talking about. So visuals are super important, sharing your screen, showing people how to do the very thing you're teaching them is critical. So I love demos, I love demo methodology. I even like the thought of having your students demo, things maybe sharing a vision board for example or sharing maybe some things about their budget which I know is a bit personal but you might have a small enough group they might be comfortable talking about that any homework assignments that you gave them and what they learned or having them prepare something for class where they can share that with the rest of the group demo and sharing is amazing for boosting engagement in your online class As I mentioned earlier, I like case studies a lot of times, and that may be a better way to uh, get the visuals and demos in there is we're not going to talk about my personal situation, but we'll talk about somebody else's with no problem, right? So case studies are great. And oftentimes your clients will see themselves in the case study. So it's like a a sandwich way method of showing them things they themselves need to discover or work on. So I love case studies. I love doing breakout rooms with case studies where they can work together in a group and have a variety of conversation around that. And that is one of the other methods that I use often are breakout rooms. Okay. They need to have an opportunity to not only talk with me, but to talk to each other. So we have that in an in-person setting. The best way to replicate that is breakout rooms. So Definitely, I would strongly recommend that you create more opportunities to break them out into rooms. And what's nice as a host, you can pop in and out of rooms to make sure they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing and also contribute to the conversation. And I, I should add here, while you know, I know there are other platforms out there, one of the things that I've noticed about Zoom is they're now doing where you can share your screen to all of the breakout rooms at one time, which is pretty cool actually. So they're really doing some experimentation with new things with Zoom. And that's one of the things that I've actually started to use more, especially if I have a case study, instead of having them take a screenshot or whatever, I can actually share my screen to all of the rooms so they can stay in their rooms and still have the content they need to work on. Now, the last engagement method that is always going to win is games. Any type of gaming system or any type of tool that you can use that can create a game out of what you're teaching is always going to win. This works in person. We know that. We've been doing the Jeopardy games and Family Feud games and whatever. But anytime you can replicate that in your virtual class, that is ideal. And there are definitely tools out there to help you do just that. So I'll be sure to drop in the notes uh, some tools that you can check out to either generate some quizzes or generate, you know, some game methodology to help you get that boost in your engagement. All right, my friends. So there you have it. Eight different ideas here, which again, we could talk about this for a lot longer than a few minutes, but eight specific things that I want you to run out this podcast and start doing. Prep your class so they're ready. Pay attention to your energy, being on camera and being aware of your surroundings. Make sure you break the ice before you get started. Replicate activities you're already doing in your class and utilize tools to help you do that. Do not go more than 10 minutes without interacting with your audience. Choose the right platform that offers the features that you need in order to get your engagement on a high level. And then five specific engagement methods, chat, discussion, demo, case studies, breakout rooms and games to get your engagement boosted. I love to know what you think. What's one thing that really stood out to you today from today's episode. Be sure to join me over in the counselor's lounge where we'll continue this conversation. If you're not a member yet, you can simply go to lauraroyer.com forward slash community, or you can find the link in the show notes. All right. That's what I have for you today. So until the next time, my friends take care and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of In the House. You can find today's show notes and links to all the mentioned resources at lauraroyer.com forward slash podcast. Be sure you're subscribed to the show on your favorite listening platform. And if you love what you're hearing, make sure you leave us a review. Also, be sure to join me and other industry professionals and in the Counselor's Lounge community by going to www.lauraroyer.com forward slash community to continue today's conversation and other important topics so we can continue to support you. Until next time, my friends, stay focused, take action and continue to serve your community with excellence.